understand it's essentially the same unappreciative crowd full of scumbags from last night. Hey wrestling fans, welcome to another edition of the Scumbags Wrestling Podcast. On this week's episode, we're going to check out what's going to happen at Fanshawe College with Smash Wrestling. We'll look back at what happened this past week in WWE, including WWE Clash of Champions, Monday Night Raw, SmackDown, and the debut of NXT on the USA Network live in their two-hour debut. All that and more as we bring you this week's episode of Scumbags Wrestling Podcast. Be sure to share this and get everyone to subscribe on any of our outlets, including Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and iTunes. We'll be right back after these very short messages. Fans of The Walking Dead might run when they hear the announcement that Cooper Andrews a.k.a. Jerry, will be coming to London Comic Con, October 5th and 6th, London Convention Center, presented by Start.ca. Are you looking to get into the wrestling business? Well, look no further than the Tyson Dukes Wrestle Factory, located right here in London, Ontario. It's Tyson has over 20 years of experience in the wrestling world, and he's even been brought down to the WWE Performance Center to be a guest trainer. We've already seen the likes of Jordan James, Kyle Boone, Violet Lee, Jim Strider, Pharaoh Bowman, Chris Mitchells, and many more. Plus, the new generation that are coming from the second group, such as Josh Pine, Shiloh, Nova, Frankie War, and many more. You don't want to miss your opportunity to learn from one of the best in Ontario, if not all of Canada, or the world, in Tyson Dukes. So that's the Tyson Dukes Wrestling Factory. It's open Monday, Wednesday, and Thursdays, and located at 309 Exeter Road here in London. My name is The Muscle, Smash Wrestling's hottest free agent. I toss bodies and wheel hotties, and you're listening to the Scumbags of Wrestling podcast. Welcome back to the show. Let's take a look at what's happening 
at Fanshawe College, Friday, September 20th. Smash Wrestling presents another Proving Grounds, and it'll happen at Fanshawe College at 1001 Fanshawe College Boulevard, right here in London, Ontario. Tickets are just $20 each and can be obtained by going to smash-wrestling.com. Now let's check out the card that you'll see at Fanshawe. Michael Grayson makes his debut against Smash Wrestling's most complicated idiot, the Muscle. Grayson is possibly the most studious of all the Tyson's trainees, and the Muscle traded a championship opportunity for a long chain and then lost it the same night. Michael Grayson takes on the Muscle. The big guys are going to be in action as John Greed, a former Ontario Wrestling top prospect, takes on the star student of the Tyson Dukes Wrestle Factory in Jim Strider. Strider holds a contract for a Smash Wrestling Championship match in his future. Greed intends to make sure he doesn't get there. Ethan Dukes has been in the business since before he could walk, but Sebastian Swath has a huge issue with young blood in Smash Wrestling, even if it is his stablemate's son. Ethan Dukes enters the proving ground to take on Sebastian Suave. Jordan James has a chance to prove himself in singles competition when he faces off against Carter Mason at Fanshawe College. James has been taking on tough competition as part of the revolt recently, but Carter Mason is no easy opponent. Fight or Flight are back together and are joined by Alexia Nicole as they take on the Duke's Factory Rogues Gallery of the Pharaoh, Cyrus Bowman, Chris Mitchell, and Devin Devine. Hello, Beefcake have had their ear to the ground, and the explosive debut of Baywatch, Josh Pine, and Kyle Boone didn't escape their attention. Anger at the attention that this young man and his lifeguard have received have prompted them to demand a match against each other at Proving Grounds. And it's a tale as old as time, teacher versus student. Can Ronnie Matthews show Tyson Dukes he's the next star to come out of the Russell factory, or will Tyson be looking at a chance to lay down the law and set an example for the future trainee? It all happens at Fanshawe College, Smash Wrestling presenting Proving Ground. Friday, September 20th, with doors opening at 7 and first bell at 8 o'clock. You don't want to miss it, and you can get your tickets by going to smash-wrestling.com. I'm sure there's still yet to announce some more matches coming up, but Smash Wrestling's next scheduled date is going to be Smash Wrestling in Tilsonburg, making their debut on October 27th. It's happening at the Lions Auditorium, and you can get more details by going to the Smash Wrestling website at smash-wrestling.com, follow them on Facebook, or check out our Facebook page as we update every time that they post something new for events. Other events happening this weekend include CWF presenting Live Pro Wrestling on September 21st at the Memorial Arena in Burke Falls, Ontario. On Sunday, September 22nd, Championship Wrestling from Ontario presents Back to School. Happening at the Rock Pile in Toronto. Doors open at 1 p.m. with first bell at 2. You'll see Greg Iron and Cody Lane taking on Matt Kenway and Thomas Shire. Alessandro Del Bruno takes on Pretty Ricky. R.C. Fury 
takes on Rodrigo Montana. Fans bring their own weapons as John Cahan takes on Careless Destiny. Logan Savage faces off against Jocelyn Roy. Crystal Moon faces off against Young Love. And the designated hitters take on Clash Kincaid and Adrian Astar. That's CWO back to school at the Rock Pile in Toronto on Sunday, September 22nd. Also on Sunday, September 22nd, Alpha One Wrestling presents King of Hearts 2019, happening in Hamilton, Ontario. You'll see four first-round matches leading to a fatal four-way finals elimination-style match. Ricky Shane Page takes on Cody Lane. Colt Cabana takes on Mark Wheeler. Space Monkey faces his tag team partner, Shane Sabre. Rohit Raju takes on the Scramble winner that will happen earlier in the day. Other stars scheduled to be on the card include Brian Cage, Hornswoggle, Trey Miguel, Gregory Iron, Ethan Page, Kobe Durst, and BMD. That's Alpha One Wrestling, Sunday, September 22nd at 4 p.m. in Hamilton. And finally, on Sunday, September 22nd, Crossfire Wrestling presents Fired Up 2019, happening in St. Catharines, Ontario. You'll see Sister vs. Sister as Beautiful Bia takes on CeCe Moss. Kong and Hammond take on Dirty Vets. Rob Rage faces off against Cody Deaner and Mr. Atlantis against Jake Jones with Miss April in his corner. That happens Sunday, September 22nd as Crossfire Wrestling presents Fired Up 2019 in St. Catharines at 4 p.m. Then, September 27th, PWA presents Wrestling in Guelph at the Red Chevron Club in Guelph, Ontario. The Pure Wrestling Championship will be online as Kobe Durst takes on Eazy-E, Eric Carney. Saturday, September 28th, Brawl in the Fall, presented by Border Town Pro Wrestling in Fort Erie, Ontario. Then on Saturday, September 28th, Border Town Pro Wrestling presents Brawl in the Fall, happening in Fort Erie, Ontario. Doors open at 6 p.m. And the VIP show will have Ethan Dukes taking on Jordan James and Cyrus Bowman taking on Alec Realm. You'll also see Tyler Turva take on hacker Scotty O'Shea. Tarek challenges Jim Strider for the Niagara Falls Regional Championship. Aiden Prince will face off against Vaughn Vertigo. Jesse V challenges Mark Wheeler for the Adrenaline Division Championship. That's Brawl in the Fall, presented by Bordertown Pro Wrestling in Fort Erie, Ontario, Saturday, September 28th. Also happening on Saturday, September 28th, PWA presents Wrestling in Kitchener at the Alpine Club. Regardless of the finish in Guelph, Diamond Tiger Kobe Durst will battle Easy e Eric Kearney for the Pure Wrestling Championship. There'll be a Lumberjack match with Corey Spade taking on Tax Lexus. 
an eight-man tag team match, including Scumbag Yates and United Front Brandon Jacobs, Lance Malibu, Clay Wilson with Nicky Martin taking on the Temple of C.C. Moss, Lenny Lilac, Jeff Black, and Warhead. In Elite Women's Action, Nessa Love takes on Beautiful Bia. The Elite Championship has Super K challenging Nolan Pink. Joey Allen takes on Elian Habanero, plus one more match yet to be announced. That concludes your Ontario Wrestling Update for this week. The one and only Tim Curry will be a featured guest at London Comic Con, presented by Start.ca, October 5th and 6th, 2019, the London Convention Center. Chris Jericho's Rock and Wrestling Rager at Seaport is officially sold out, man. Thanks to all of you who booked in the pre-sale. Thanks for all of you who booked early. And thanks to all of you who are going to be joining us for the vacation of a lifetime. Now, here's the thing. If you didn't buy your cabin, if you didn't book your cabin, and you still want to go, we'll put you on the waiting list. Go to ChrisJerichoCruise.com. If somebody has to drop out for whatever reason, you'll be the first one we call. So there's still a chance. Cross your fingers. Maybe somebody double booked themselves. Maybe somebody uh, paid with Monopoly money and we just found out about it. Either way, there's still a chance that you can make it on Chris Jericho's Rock and Wrestling Rager and see. If you can't, make sure to pre-book early for the next one. But for right now, we are sold out, baby. Chris Jericho's Rock and Wrestling Rager Part C. That's C Part Two. We'll see you there. Hey, it's Jody Thread, and you're listening to Scumbag Podcast. Checking out some AEW news and news from around the wrestling world. AEW has announced officially that their TV show will be called AEW Dynamite, and it premieres on October 2nd. AEW announced another date on their calendar for TNT Dynamite. And that includes now November 20th, happening in Indianapolis. We'll run down the calendar in just a moment. AEW World Tag Team Championship Tournament begins on Wednesday, October 2nd in Boston, Massachusetts. This will be the second episode of AEW Dynamite on TNT. As seen on the road to AEW episode number three, they posted the complete brackets for the tournament on the one side you'll see the young bucks take on private party the lucha brothers will take on jurassic express the winners of those two matches will face off against each other the following week in the other side of the bracket you have the dark order after defeating best friends they received a bye however the best friends are still in the tournament and they will challenge SCU. The winner of that match will face off against the Dark Order to complete that side of the bracket. Taking a look at the events that have been scheduled for AEW Dynamite tapings, October 2nd is the premiere episode and it'll happen at the Capital One Arena in Washington, D.C. The opening match will be Cody taking on Sammy Guevara. We'll also see the 
first women's champion crown as Rio takes on Nyla Rose. Plus, MJF will take on Brandon Cutler. John Moxley will make an appearance on the show, plus Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks take on the team of Chris Jericho and his two mystery partners. I'm not sure how much of a mystery it's going to be, as I figured they're going to be LAX, or whatever they want to be called now that they're in AEW. Then on October 9th, AEW Dynamite will be in Boston, Massachusetts. As I just mentioned, it'll be the beginning of the tag team tournament. Round one, we'll see the Young Bucks against Private Party. Sean Spears will face off against John Moxley. Week number three sees AEW Dynamite on TNT in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Both the men's and women's championships will be defended on this night. Episode four of AEW Dynamite on TNT sees the program emanate from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. John Moxley will be in action, plus you'll see the World Tag Team Championship semifinals. Episode 5 on October 30th, we'll see AEW Dynamite on TNT emanate from Charleston, West Virginia. Chris Jericho will be in action, along with John Moxley, and he'll see the World Tag Team Championship Tournament Finals. AEW Dynamite hits Charlotte, North Carolina on November 6th. Then it is AEW Full Gear happening November 9th from Baltimore, Maryland at the Royal Farms Arena. Currently, two matches have been announced for Full Gear, but it all depends on the win-loss record, apparently, of both Cody and Chris Jericho. Because if something goes awry over the first couple of weeks of TV, you will not see Chris Jericho defend the AEW World Championship against Cody. It'll be something different. But if everything stays the plan, Cody will challenge Chris Jericho for the championship. Plus, John Moxley will go one-on-one -on -one against Kenny Omega. It didn't happen at all out due to the staff infection in John Moxley's arm, but he is scheduled to be cleared in time to go to battle against Kenny Omega at full gear. If you're in attendance in Baltimore, Maryland during that weekend for full gear, you can also catch StarCast 4. Yes, Conrad Thompson and friends are going to be doing it again, surrounded around the weekend of full gear. Details of the panels will be coming very soon, but you can get your bracelets by checking out StarCast.com. So after all of this excitement of our first episode of live television on TNT, what's a man to do? I'll tell you what. He's going to go down to the London Comic Con on October 5th. And sixth, he's going to be playing some video games. He's going to be checking out the cosplay. And most importantly, he's going to be hanging out with all of you fans. So please come down and say hi, October 5th and 6th. But wait, there is more. Oh, 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 that's right. I've got a special surprise because I'm going to be bringing a friend. Oh, yeah, I'm calling a friend. My sister from another mother, my tag team partner. That's right. I am bringing AEW Superstar. You may have seen her before. Viho. 
She is coming down, and you can meet the two of us. London, Ontario, October 5th and 6th. See you there. See you soon. Now let's take a look at everything that happened in WWE this past week, including the results from Clash of Champions. There was two matches on the kickoff show. One had Drew Gulak defending the Cruiserweight Championship against Amber Carrillo and Lindsay Dorado. It was a decent back-and-forth match between all three competitors. Um, Carrillo ended up hitting the Aztec Press on Dorado, but Gulak returned to the ring, got rid of Carrillo, and took the pin for himself to retain the Cruiserweight Championship. The second match surprisingly had AJ Styles in it, and he was defending the United States Championship against Cedric Alexander. It really wasn't too much of a fight uh, between the two. Cedric got a little bit of offense in, but it was pretty much all AJ Styles, and almost made it seem as though the win on Monday was useless, uh, and Cedric had no chance. Then the OC members, Luke Gallows and Carl Anderson, came out after AJ got the victory and proceeded to attack Cedric Alexander and nobody came to Alexander's rescue either not even the War Raiders and that's how the kickoff show went the actual pay-per-view started off with Braun Strowman and Seth Rollins defending their Raw tag team titles against Robert Roode and Dolph Ziggler and as you would expect Dolph and Rude are now the new tag team champions, but it came because Braun Strowman went wild and ended up having Seth bumped and disoriented and hit with a glorious DDT by Rude, and that didn't even cause any friction between the two at all. They just looked at each other and Braun walked away, so I would have expected something heated to lead us into a universal title match later on in the night, but they just looked and left. Uh, later on, Braun did blame Seth for the loss, but when Seth was interviewed about it, he said it was a team effort and they both lost, so absolutely zero heat. Charlotte Flair then challenged Bailey for the Women's SmackDown Championship and... Charlotte got most of the offense in. While Bailey was down, she loosened off and took off the bottom turnbuckle uh, pad. And when Charlotte came back in to attack her, Bailey put her face into the uh, turnbuckle and picked up a quick victory, grabbed her title, and ran off like a cowardly heel. The SmackDown tag team titles were in line as New Day, Xavier Woods, and Big E defended against the Revival. And they concentrated on Xavier Woods' injured knee. They took out Big E, then focused back on Xavier Woods, hit the Shatter Machine, and instead of going for the victory there, they ended up taking off the knee pad and put an inverted figure four leg lock, so an Indian death lock, on... Uh, Woods and made him tap out and so now the Revival are the new tag team champions on SmackDown. 
WWE were definitely intent on getting rid of all the tag team matches at one time, which possibly took out the crowd as they saw the same sort of format three out of four matches in a row because the fourth match on the main show was the women's tag team titles with Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross defending against Fire and Desire, Mandy Rose, and Sonya Deville. The odd part of the match came with the fact that all the titles were supposed to be defended and earlier in the show, just before the women's tag team title, Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross had been interviewed and one of the boom camera, I mean, boom mic operators was actually R-Truth and Alexa took the microphone and announced that R-Truth was on set, which caused a melee of wrestlers to come out and chase after R-Truth and Carmilla. It's shocking. And to follow up on that, they end up coming through the women's tag team title match. And so there was a brief appearance by the 24-7 crew, jobbers, and Alexa almost took that title midway through her own title defense, but R-Truth escaped, the other guys left, and the tag team title match continued. The ending came when Nikki Cross hit a swinging netbreaker on Mandy Rose, and they ended up retaining the title, so... The women were the only ones who retained their tag team titles. Up next was the Intercontinental title match. Shinsuke Nakamura came out as the champion. He was accompanied by Sami Zayn, followed by The Miz, and Miz hit a skull-crushing finale on Nakamura, but Zayn stopped the referee. Miz went after Sami Zayn, and Nakamura was able to get up and hit the Kinshasa to retain his Intercontinental title. Becky Lynch defended the Raw Women's Championship against Sasha Banks next. Uh, match went pretty much back and forth uh, until Banks ended up getting a chair. The referee got rid of it, but Banks had another chair, so did a tribute to Eddie Guerrero type deal. She hit a Shining Wizard on Becky Lynch, uh, but then Becky ended up picking up the chair, and when she swung it, She ended up hitting the referee, and then Becky and Sasha ended up brawling all around the outside of the ring, through the crowd, but they had already announced that because Becky had hit the referee, that she was disqualified, and the match was over. Banks won the match, but Becky Lynch retained the championship. Kofi Kingston then defended the WWE Championship against Randy Orton, Orton hit a snap power slam on Kofi for a near fall and then hit the RKO. But Kofi was too close to the ropes and got his foot on the rope to break up the pinfall. The end came when Orton went for a punt kick and Kofi ended up hitting a trouble in paradise for a clean victory. And unlike what I thought where we would get a third match of these two at Hell in a Cell, it seems to be over. The only non-title match on the whole card saw Eric Rowan and Roman Reigns go at it in a no-disqualification match. Of course, this one, just like the Becky Lynch and Sasha Banks one, went all over the place, up on the stage, through the crowd, back in the ring, out of the ring, 
and just all over the place. I expected Dana Bryan to be part of this match. There was absolutely no sign of Dana Bryan. The ending came when Roman went to go for a spear running down the ramp towards Eric Rowan, and all of a sudden somebody else came out of nowhere and hit Roman Reigns, and it turned out to be Luke Harper. So Eric Rowan's former tag team partner, the guy that Vince apparently has nothing for, finally has something for him, and the two decided to beat up on Roman Reigns, and Eric Rowan picked up the victory. The main event of the night saw Seth Rollins defend the Universal Championship against Braun Strowman. Rollins had to hit three super kicks and a frog splash, and still Strowman was able to kick out before the referee got the three. Strowman hit a top rope splash, which just looked like a submarine flying through the air and crashing. Strowman wasn't able to get the victory off that. Rollins hit three stomps and still could not put down Braun Strowman. Strowman then went for a running power slam, but after all the damage that has been done during the match and Rollins focusing a bit on Strowman's knee, his knee actually did finally give out and Rollins hit a pedigree and a fourth stomp to retain the Universal Championship. Thought that was all over and done with. Rollins took the title, went up the ramp. They put up the graphic of the copyright, much like they've done for NXT with the whole Gargano and Ciampa feud. And next thing you know, the lights went out and The Fiend, Bray Wyatt, appeared and attacked Rollins with a sister Abigail, followed by a mandible claw. It was actually a very good visual. And that's how WD Clash of Champions 2019 went off the air, with only a couple titles changing hands. Breaking news from Dog River. Tara Spencer Naren, best known as the lovable constable Karen Pelly from the hit TV sh- comedy Corner Gas, will be at London Comic Con, October 5th and 6th, London Convention Center, presented by Start.ca. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Brent Money Banks, and you are listening to Scumbags of Wrestling. Scumbags is money. Monday Night Raw saw the follow-up from WWE Clash of Champions. Bray Wyatt confronted the Universal Champion Seth Rollins from a Firefly Funhouse. Seth had come to the ring, talked about what had happened the night before with his title defenses and loss of the tag team titles. And then he addressed everything going on with Bray Wyatt. That's when the Firefly Funhouse came up and we had a confrontation between the two. The segment basically ended with the fact that Wyatt implied that The Fiend might have more to say on the matter involving Seth Rollins. Rambling Rabbit frankly tried to urge Seth to get out of there and not confront Bray Wyatt. But that was not listened to. Bray ended it by saying, see you in hell, and the, he disappeared, the, and Seth was left in the ring, kind of wondering what to happen next. 
he looked actually kind of scared and that's where Raw opened. The four new tag team champions, Dash Wilder, Scott Dawson of The Revival, along with Robert Roode and Dolph Ziggler, all came out to celebrate their tag team victories. But that was interrupted by Braun Strowman, who promptly ran down and destroyed all four at the same time. Roode was actually the only one who evaded the big man's wrath and dodged his charge at the last second. That allowed him to still participate in the main event against Seth Rollins. The OC ended up defeating Cedric Alexander and the Viking Raiders. After the match, they continued to beat on them and show their dominance over the division. Alexander did try to make a comeback, but Styles ended that and hit a Styles Clash off the turnbuckles. In what was surprisingly the best match on Raw in a long time, Baron Corbin, of all people, was in it, and he beat Chad Gable in almost 20 minutes to become the 2019 King of the Ring. Gable was able to avoid the end of days a few times. He even had the ankle lock submission on Corbin, but Corbin was too close to the ropes and was able to reach them to break it. And finally, he did hit an end of days, which spelled victory for Corbin and the crown. Then in a really bad, 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 bad segment, the Street Profits had a gender reveal party with Maria. It was all your lower level people attending the party, plus Ricochet. And it was revealed that Maria is going to have a baby boy. She was then rubbing it in Mike Canales' face and she decided to say that Mike wasn't the father of her child that Ricochet was. And oddly enough, instead of being mad at the world and mad at Maria for cheating on him or everything else, he just confronted Ricochet and said, meet me in the ring. Which is odd when supposedly this guy has just cheated on your wife and impregnated her. All you want to do is fight in the ring. Why not right there? So, obviously it happened and they went against each other. Ricochet picked up the victory. Ricochet was denying that he's the baby's father the whole time, but Canales wanted nothing to do with that confession or denial. And it was over really quickly. Maria then said, no, Ricochet is not the father. She just tried to motivate Mike and it obviously didn't work and said the real baby's dad is, and before she could conclude what she was going to say, Rusev returned. He's a lot leaner. He's down to just a mustache and short hair, uh, but it's still Rusev. And he came out and destroyed Mike Kanellis. There was really no confirming that Rusev is the baby's father because we all know that he's supposed to be with Lana and they are married so what's going on there I'm not quite sure and of course since they were in Knoxville Tennessee there was a special appearance by the mayor of Knoxville Glenn Jacobs as we know is Kane and he was taking R-Truth and Carmilla around for a 
tour of Knoxville, and they were at the college or university, whichever it was, and a police officer was introduced to our truth by Mr. Jacobs, and uh, it turned out it was a referee, and Glenn Jacobs became the new 24-7 champion and ran off saying, I still got it, I still got it. Rey Mysterio and Cesaro put on a great match, but in the end, the King of Swing was not able to beat Rey Mysterio, who hit a 619 and got the victory. In a non-title match, SmackDown Women's Champion Bailey and her tag team partner Sasha Banks defeated the WD Women's Tag Team Champions Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross. That match actually took a backseat to the fact that after the match, there was a brawl between the four horsewomen, including chairs, and Charlotte came out to go after Bailey. Becky Lynch went after Sasha, and there was chairs being swung, and there's going to be a Raw Women's Championship match in Hell in a Cell between Becky Lynch and Sasha Banks. Lacey Evans defeated Dana Brooke in... A half-decent match. Uh, Lacey continued to shout out to Natalia, so they're keeping the Natalia-Lacey Evans feud going. And, as I said, Lacey defeated Dana Brooke. Throughout the night, we ended up seeing different clips from the Firefly Funhouse, and Bray wanted to add a new friend to their wall that included Jerry Lawler, Mick Foley, Seth Rollins, and Kurt Angle, and yeah, that definitely came into play in the final match with Robert Roode and Seth Rollins. The match between Seth Rollins and Robert Roode ended in disqualification because the OC and Dolph Ziggler came out to attack Rollins, and it went on for a little while without anybody coming to his rescue, and then all of a sudden the lights went out and Kane came to the rescue of Seth Rollins. He cleared house and just as Kane was going to do his whole pyro thing and with the lights and all that, the lights went out on him. And when they came back on behind him, it was Bray Wyatt, the fiend, behind him and he took out Kane. So Kane is now going to be added to the Firefly Funhouse wall and the show ended with The Fiend crawling up into the face of Seth Rollins who appeared to be really like a little child gripping to the ropes and in the corner almost crying because he was afraid of The Fiend and that's how things ended on Monday Night Raw. Smackdown began with Eric Rowan and Luke Harper taking out both Dana Bryan, and Roman Reigns. Heavy Machinery defeated the B-Team in relatively no time, and they used the Compactor to pick up the victory. Baron Corbin came up for his coronation, and my god, that crown looked horrible on Baron Corbin. I just think of a meme that I saw beforehand when he was posing with it leading up to the other weeks, and... I gotta agree, he looks like a child at Burger King who just got his paper crown. 
Um, thankfully, Chad Gable, who was invited out, ended up attacking Baron Corbin and destroyed everything involving the king. So he ripped up the robe, destroyed the scepter, stomped on the crown, and, well, when they first attacked Baron Corbin, they destroyed the chair. So who knows if Baron will keep on getting more props or that was his only time with the crown, but he'll still be King Corbin. Charlotte Flair and Sasha Banks went against each other, and as Charlotte put Sasha into the figure four, Bailey attacked, and it was two-on-one. The match ended in a disqualification with Charlotte winning, and there was a big brawl that included Carmella coming out of nowhere and evened up the odds. Bailey and Sasha hit the road, and Flair and Carmella were left in the ring, standing somewhat victorious. Shane McMahon had been served with some papers, and Kevin Owens was in the audience. Shane McMahon came to the ring to address the paperwork that was presented to him, and it was a lawsuit filed by Kevin Owens for wrongful termination. Shane actually invited Kevin into the ring, and even had security stayed down while Kevin came in. They got rid of the security. They wanted to talk things out man-to-man, according to Shane, and wanted to find out where this lawsuit was coming from and the outrageous number of $25 million. And actually, Kevin presented his uh, case really well and uh, showed the fact that he was attacked by Shane McMahon while he was in a referee capacity the week before. When he tried to help Shane win against Chad Gable and Shane lost on his own. He had nothing to do with it and then got unjustifiably fired after he was attacked as well. And so his case seems pretty uh, good. And he said when he wins his case that he will also be saying to Shane that he's fired. And Kevin Owens got out of the ring, hopped over the barricade, and went through the crowd and left. And Shane was standing there, kind of a little stunned, and it looked like he kind of knew that Kevin has a point. So we'll see what transpires over the next couple weeks, how this case gets resolved, and if it means it's the end of Shane McMahon on SmackDown for a while. It looked like we were going to get a rematch of Ali and Nakamura, and that didn't happen because Sami Zayn ended up interfering, and... Nakamura got the Kinshasa on Ali. It was a no contest. Just 2 on one beatdown of Ali by Nakamura and Sami Zayn. There was a sit-down interview with Eric Rowan and Michael Cole. And basically Rowan proclaimed that he was actually a true leader and not a follower like he's been portrayed for all these years. And he pities anybody who would ever disrespect him ever again, because they're not going to last long. The New Day defeated the team of The Revival and Randy Orton. After the match, Paul Heyman and Brock Lesnar came to the ring and challenged Kofi Kingston to a WWE title match on the October 4th edition of SmackDown. 
and that's the premiere episode of SmackDown on Fox. Kofi said that since he won the championship, he always claimed that he will be a fighting champion and accepted the challenge, and then he was also hit with an F5 for his services. And this takes us to our premiere episode of NXT on USA Network. Of course, with the wonkiness of USA needing to finish up the series of suits, it meant that this week and next Wednesday that NXT would be live for one hour at 8 till 9 on USA, with the second hour being live on the WWE Network. It won't be until October 2nd when they actually go head-to-head against AEW Dynamite that they'll be fully two hours live on USA Network. All these NXT shows, at least for the time being, are still going to be coming to us weekly from Full Sail University and the NXT Arena. Just to do a quick rundown of everything that happened on a very good episode of NXT, Candice LeRae defeated Mia Yim, Io Shirai, and Bianca Belair in a fatal four-way match to decide Shayna Baszler's next opponent, and that match is set to happen on the October 2nd NXT show with Shayna Baszler defending against Candice LeRae. Cameron Grimes defeated Sean Maluda. Roderick Strong defeated Velveteen Dream to win the NXT North American Championship, which now means that Undisputed Era have all the gold in NXT, that being the championship, the North American title, and the tag team titles. Pete Dunn defeated Arturo Ross, and he ended up doing the split fingers and yeah, stomping him, and Ross had to uh, submit. Zaya Lee defeated Aaliyah. Kushida stood up uh, for WUK. That's Kushida stood up against WUK champion Walter and Imperium, because Imperium had ended up attacking a gentleman who was supposed to go against Kushida. I forget the name at the moment, and they destroyed him, and people were chanting for Walter to come out. Walter finally did, and stood tall, and said that they were going to take over even the North American version of NXT. And that's when Kushida came out and went against Walter. Leo Rush returned to the ring after almost six months being gone. Last time we saw him, he was the mouthpiece of Bobby Lashley, but I guess he's had some issues with mental health as well, and he returned to defeat only Larkin to become the number one contender for the Cruiserweight champion, Drew Gulak. So it appears that the Cruiserweight title, 205 Live Guys, will be assimilated into the NXT brand. The ending of the show came with Matt Riddle and Killian Dane in a street fight, but it ended in such chaos with other wrestlers brawling as well that no victor was declared. After the cameras stopped rolling on the presentation on the WWE Network, 
William Regal had come out and said that they were going to have a rematch next week again uh, for a street fight. However, the winner of the match will become the number one contender for the NXT Championship against my Adam Cole later on. Could end up happening on the October 2nd edition of NXT as well. And that's how this week in WWE ended. We'll see what happens next week as we get closer to Hell in a Cell, where we already know that there's two Hell in a Cell matches involving Bray Wyatt and Seth Rollins, plus Becky Lynch and Sasha Banks. Thank you for joining me for this episode of the Scumbags Wrestling Podcast. We'll be back next week with more updates on Smash Wrestling, AEW, and WWE, plus anything else that happens to come up. Until next time, we'll see you later, and be sure to share us on iHeartRadio, Spotify, Stitcher, iTunes, or anywhere else you get your podcasts from. I understand it's essentially the same unappreciative crowd full of scumbags from last night.